This is Strange Assembly episode 292, Pandemic Legacy, Season Zero. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite pod-catching app is. Wherever you get the podcast, we always do appreciate it if you leave us a rating and review, because that helps other people find the show. As you might guess from the title, I'm going to be talking today about Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero is the third game in this trilogy, from Pandemic Legacy 1, sequel Pandemic Legacy Season 2, and now prequel Pandemic Legacy Season 0. Building on the base game mechanics from Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy, following on the heels of Risk Legacy, really built out the legacy concept for the world, where you're playing a campaign game, and over the course of that game, you will make permanent alterations to the game components, to the game board, from ripping up cards to putting stickers on game boards to whatever it is that happens in that particular Legacy game. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 was one of my very favorite gaming experiences ever. And that's to some extent what these are, right? They're not just, oh, I have a game and I own this thing. Part of what you can get when you get the Legacy game design right is an amazing experience with a group of people going through these mechanics and story together. And because Pandemic Legacy Season 1 was so fantastic, you can imagine that I was very excited to get the chance to review a copy of Pandemic Legacy Season 0. And I will say, Pandemic Legacy Season 0 is fantastic. If you liked the original Pandemic Legacy, you will like this one. If you like Pandemic and you don't you know, mortally object to the concept of legacy games, you'll like this one. Uh, in fact, I think it's it still amazes me the way that the well-done legacy mechanics can really elevate a base game. Like, I, there are some people who adore Pandemic. I think Pandemic is nice. It's, it's never going to come anywhere close to my favorite game. It's nice, but Pandemic legacy games, with the way that they do the legacy mechanics, just take it up to another level so that those are some of my favorite games ever. Now, one of the downsides from a reviewing point of view of something like Pandemic Legacy is that there are absolutely spoilers if I try to talk about what goes on in the game. So this review is going to be spoiler-free, but that's going to mean that unfortunately it's a little bit short on detail, and there are some things I just don't have any good way to talk about there are things where I can say very vaguely what I think about. There's this sort of thing that I did or didn't like, but I can't really give you anything on that. That's just kind of the way it goes. But Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, like I said, it is a prequel. So there is a, a story. There was a story in Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Pandemic Legacy Season 2 can go further than that. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero does take place earlier in time than Pandemic Legacy Season 1. So that means that you actually do have the ability in Pandemic Legacy Season 0 to see little shout-outs to Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Within the scope of the trilogy, I would say that Pandemic Legacy Season 1 hewed the 
closest to base pandemic mechanics. Pandemic Legacy Season 2 really went much further away from those. Pandemic Legacy Season 0 sits somewhere in between those. And I am, throughout this review, going to assume you're at least vaguely familiar with pandemic mechanics. So we're going to start with that as our baseline. So Season 0 is set in 1962 at the height of the Cold War between the United States and its allied nations and the Soviet Union and, and its allied nations. You are not playing CDC doctors in this game. You are playing medically trained CIA agents. Nods to this theme can be apparent from the visible components. Oh, look, there's a little intelligence file. Hmm, I wonder what that is. There's a personnel file. I don't know. And there is an initial set-off story of Season Zero where you're looking into a Soviet bioweapon, but you're not putting out disease cubes when you're, when you're setting up this game. And when I say setting up, so I, I'm, I will talk about things that are in the rulebook. I will talk about things that you see up to the beginning of the first prologue game, right? So when I'm talking about setting up the game, I'm talking about setting up the game at, at things that you are already going to know before you even start the first game. The equivalent of disease cubes are Soviet agents, right? It's not, it's not diseases that are threatening to overrun the board. It's Soviet agents. Just like you would do with diseases, you flip up a certain number of threat cards at the start of the game. You put out three Soviet agents on this city, two on that city, one on that city, so on and so forth. Bad things happen if a fourth Soviet agent is to would enter into a normal city. Now, it's not the same bad thing. Soviet agents don't cause outbreaks. When a fourth Soviet agent would enter in a city, they don't reproduce and scatter little Soviet agents across nearby cities. Instead, they cause an incident. And when you cause an incident, you take the card on the bottom of the threat deck, kind of like you do in an escalation, and you look at this separate incident text on the card that will tell you something bad that happens. Now, I will say this is fairly random. As far as it goes, there are incident things that will happen where nothing happens. It's possible to have a multiple incidents take place over the course of a game, and nothing relevant happens to that game because of the incident. It's also possible for the contrary to take place. Overall, incidents are less threatening in Pandemic Legacy Season 0 than outbreaks are in, in normal pandemic, just because of the types of effects that you tend to get on those incident cards. But one of the other things that incidents can do, because this is a legacy game, is they can have a permanent effect on the board. An incident in the city can permanently increase Soviet surveillance of that city. And when a player pawn starts a turn in a city that is under surveillance, the alias's cover can be damaged. Oh, look, more spy stuff. Cover? Aliases? Right? So in this world of international spies, right, you're not just running around the board as yourself, noble CDC researcher or whatever. Instead, each player has a passport, and each of those passports has several aliases in it. And the way that you take that passport is that you've got this, all these sticker sheets that come with the games, and there's a whole sticker sheet that's just faces, and there's three copies of each face. And you pick the face that your character looks like, and you get these three aliases in the passport. One allied, one neutral, one Soviet. And so it has that identical base face. Then there's another set of stickers where you can dress up. 
Does this alias have glasses? What sort of hair do they have? What sort of clothes do they wear? Do they, I, you know, you can you can mess around with all of these things about your aliases, and you, you build those and you you know go in a scenario. And each of the aliases has its own section where you obviously are going to be able to put modifiers for that alias over the course of the campaign. But one of the other things that's on each of these aliases is a series of scratch-off spaces for cover. And every time your alias's cover is damaged, you scratch off the next one of those spaces. And it might be that nothing happens, but it might be that bad things happen when your cover is damaged. You might have to discard a card. You might have to gain a liability. And eventually, if an alias loses enough cover, how much? Don't know. The cover can be burned. Bye-bye, alias. And so that is an effect of these incidents. Certain cities start under surveillance anyway. It turns out that just starting the turn in Moscow, if you haven't constructed some sort of safe house there, is not going to be good for your cover. You're going to be under surveillance You know when you're in the heart of the Soviet Union. But another significant difference in, with these aliases and the way, the way the aliases have their affiliations is the ability to create teams who also have affiliations in cities that have affiliations. Every city on the board is either allied, neutral, or Soviet, right? But you create these teams because you're not the only CIA agents out there. You're not the only operatives. And you can create these teams, and when they go around the board, they can eliminate Soviet agents. You can use an action to move a team in addition to using an action to move yourself. And they can accomplish some mission objectives. And like I said, like your aliases, the team will have an affiliation, and the team is only going to be active in that affiliation. So if you wanted teams to cover every single city in the world, you would have to have at least three different teams, one of each affiliation. The way you generate those teams is by discarding groups of cards of cities with the appropriate affiliation, uh, which is one of the the new uses for your cards. Because in a normal pandemic, right, you discard groups of cards to try to make a vaccine. There's no vaccine for Soviet agents. So One of the uses is to create these teams. Another use is to identify a target city, because some of the objectives at the start of the game, you don't know exactly where the target is. You'll have some vague idea, but you don't actually know. And so this identify target city is one of the ways that you can be able to identify where it is that you actually need to accomplish that objective. So I've mentioned objectives a couple of times. Each campaign takes place over the course of 12 months. There's the prologue and then 12 months. And in each month, the players have two to three objectives. You can see in advance how many objectives each month has because there's a little chart on the board. If you complete at least two objectives, then you will advance to the next month and get an adequate or a succeeding rating. If you pass all the objectives, you get succeeding. If you pass two but let one fail, you get an adequate rating. So you can't actually do that at the beginning of the game because there's only the two objectives. If you fail the first time through a month, you get a second try at the month. But regardless, you will progress after two games in a given month. The plot moves on. Stuff stuff happens. Maybe good things happen, maybe bad things happen, but stuff's going to happen and time passes. The level of success in months is something of a balancing factor. If you fully accomplish all of the objectives, the bureaucracy decides that you're clearly over-resourced and will cut your funding for the next month, aka you get fewer of the powerful event cards in the player deck. If you are doing 
badly, then they will increase your funding, which will mean you'll get more event cards, which can help out in later times. And that's, that's really what you know at the start of the campaign. Of course, you can see that there's more in the box. You just don't know what it is, right? You can see that there are boxes of components that you're going to unlock later on. You can see that there's this, in addition to the legacy deck that you're going to go through, there's an operations deck. What's in that? You don't know. There are multiple dossiers with doors to unlock. What's going to be in those doors? You don't know. And so, and the, the dossier is, it's this sheet that's about the size of the box itself with these little peel-off doors on it. You can see on the sticker pages that you're going to be able to add assets to the aliases that you have to give them little abilities. And honestly, the design overall of Pandemic Legacy Season Zero is excellent, right? They've had two prior Pandemic Legacy offerings. The mechanics here really hum. I've continued to just enjoy the extra thrill that you get every time something goes wrong. And then, you know, something permanently negative happens to the board or something else or to this game that you're playing. And then it's also this extra thrill when you manage to avert something like that, right? It's not just like, oh, do we maybe get slightly closer or not for this? It's, oh, you know, we've managed to save Redacted, and now we won't have to deal with Redacted for the rest of the ga- of this campaign. Oh, like it's, it's just this fantastic relief. The story that you're playing through is, is interesting. It's a different sort of story than the other two that you've played through too far, if you've, if you've played through the other two Pandemic Links. And not only is the story a little bit different, right? The story is different, the mechanics are different. So in playing different Pandemic Legacy seasons, it's, you're not you know, playing the same game over and over again. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, there's still that core Pandemic element, but it, it, there's you know, variation between the seasons, there's variation within the seasons, and the, the more nuanced levels of mission success that are present in Pandemic Legacy Season Zero allows a little bit more subtle interaction between what you are doing in a given month and then what happens in later months. Now, the game isn't perfect. There's more randomness than I would like. I mean, there's always right a certain serious level of randomness in something like Pandemic, like how favorably are the cars going to come up when it escalates and you've got that new city with three disease cubes or three agents if you're paying Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, and you, you've taken that off the bottom of the deck, you've filled it up, and you've shuffled it, and is that the card that's going to come up right now? There's always that sort of like dramatic tension of pulling off the top of the deck. But, like I mentioned earlier, the incident mechanic is really quite swingy as far as what happens to it. There are various types of objective in this game. I can't tell you what they are, but there are various types of objective. There's one of the objective types that was very, very dependent on what your opening card draws were because the objective has the possibility of failing very quickly. And so if you just don't get the right cards right at the start of the game, there's not a lot you can do about it. So it sort of feels crummy when you can't complete them and then at least for me when I can complete them I don't 
feel the kind of success that I would like to have because I don't feel like I cleverly anticipated what was going on. It was just like, oh, look, I happened to start with the right cards I needed right here in my hand. It's a miracle. So that would be my one sort of mechanical complaint about what's going on in Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. But, but overall, it is a fantastic package. I, like I said earlier, if, if you just hate the legacy concept, nothing I say could, is going to change that. You, like, you're not going to like this because it's a legacy game, such as life. Or if you loathe cooperative games, it's still a cooperative game. I think there are fewer people out there, but there are some people out there who just don't ever want to touch a cooperative game. But, but if you are broadly interested in board games, Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, like the games before it, is great. And you want to be able to get the same people every time. Yeah, you can switch people in and out. That's not the best way to do it. You want to get the same group of people. You want to be able to play through the whole thing. You want to be able to do it not over too extended a time frame. You don't need to sit down and play the whole thing in a week. But if you only get to play once a month, right, it's hard to sustain. It reminds me of like a role-playing game, right? It's hard to sustain and remember exactly what you did last game that affected what's going on this game. But So to get the most out of it, you got to have those people. But man, if you can get that sort of consistency in your group and get it done in a reasonable amount of time. It's amazing. I think regardless of what your preferred sort of game is, there's just so much potential in here. If you've never played a Pandemic Legacy, I would still say play Pandemic Legacy Season 1. That's still my favorite. I still think it has the best plot twists which is a relevant concept in this this sort of game. But that's that's not a criticism of Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. It's like, oh well, yeah, this new movie came out, but I like Star Wars better. So, you know, it's it's you feel kind of unfair making the comparison. But nonetheless, if you have played neither or none of the three, Pandemic Legacy Season One is the one I would recommend. But if you're looking for the new thing or if you've already played the season one, I would highly, highly recommend Pandemic Legacy. Season Zero. It is available now uh, from Z-Man Games. Thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there in the Apple Podcast app or whatever podcatching service you happen to use. If you use a podcatching service and we are not on that service, please let me know. I'd like to correct that situation. I'm Chris at strangeassembly.com. If you do see Strange Assembly on your podcatching service, but especially if it's Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review. I do like to hear from you, so you can send me, like I said, an email at chris at strangeassembly.com, or you can find us at the usual social media. We are at Strange Assembly on Twitter, facebook.com slash strangeassembly. I always like to hear from you. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson. This is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.